0: on the phone now with a nurse who is working one of the testing sites for coronavirus, not here on Long Island, but somewhere in the state of New York. Uh, She's chosen to remain anonymous, and we totally respect and understand that. Just give us a little bit of a feel of what somebody that's coming in for an appointment can expect the minute they drive up.
1: So, if you're going in for an appointment, there's going to be an entrance checkpoint. Um, The first thing they ask is if you have an appointment. Uh, They make sure that you do have an appointment, and then they ask you put your ID up against your window. They don't have you roll your windows down um, um, because they don't want any exchange of droplets happening between the people that are taking your ID and, uh, and the people that are waiting to be tested. Got it. So their ID gets uh, verified, their information gets verified. Then they proceed to come to us. We're at, like, the second station after they check in. And we verify their information again. So their information gets verified uh, at least two to three times before they even leave. Like, we make sure their number's correct, date of birth, everything's correct, so we can contact them, or the, the DOH will contact them in two to three days. Right. So um, they pull up, we confirm their information again, and then we explain the procedure. It's probably why I'm ratty, because I had to, like, yell yeah. <laughs> between a car window. <laughs> And a lot of people, I realize, once I start talking, and they realize they can't hear me, they're like, oh, sorry, the radio was on. Can you repeat that again? And yell through the window (laughs) again? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, um, But I just explained to them that I'm going to be performing a nose swab um, to have their head tilted back, look straight forward. um, And if they're uncomfortable, which I don't know if you guys have ever ever been tested for like a flu or anything, it's the same type of procedure so it's uncomfortable we have them roll their window down act like right when we're doing the procedure the whole time we're talking to them through their window we tell them if you feel uncomfortable breathe through your mouth because that helps a little bit um so once that once that's done I mean I've seen people you know once you Someone told me the other day. Oh my god! I think you touched my brain. That's how deep yeah, you went into my. Yeah, that's nostril. what it looks like. I tell them it's only a couple of seconds, and then I'm, you know, I'm in and I'm out. And then I tell them to roll their window back up immediately. Uh, the state makes sure that we're protected from head to toe. So we have um, uh, a suit. It's kind of it looks like a hazmat suit. Yeah. It covers it covers us from literally from head to toe. And then we have an eye shield. Because, like you said, when people are swabbed for a no-swab, sometimes they tend to cough or sneeze, and we, you know, we don't want to ever have that exposed on us, so that's why we wear the eye shield in case droplets do happen. And we have the N95 respirator mask on us at all times. We have um, one pair of gloves on. And then we double up on the gloves, and in between each person, even if it's like a family of people, we um, were sanitizing the gloves, and we take the first layer of gloves off, we sanitize the second layer of gloves, and then we put a new layer of gloves on for each member. Uh, we've had it; the ages vary too. We've had I, we tested someone that was like uh, a couple months old, maybe like. Wow like seven, eight months old, and, you know, parents have to hold them down. They, they get a nasal swab, too. I mean, they, they cry. Their parents, it depends on, on the child, but their parents usually have to, like, prep them. And plus, yeah. we look scary in our suits, you No, know? We look, right. if I was a child, I would be freaked out, too. Adults are freaked out. So, yeah. just, you know, kind of coax them and tell them, you're doing such a great job. And sometimes that positive reinforcement helps with children, and it even helps with adults, because it's a scary Process. Yeah,
0: currently on the phone with one coronavirus testing site nurse uh, choosing to remain anonymous. obviously uh, we totally understand that. So much description there of what you've had to go through uh, working day in and day out at one of these testing sites uh, and they were really thrown together last minute. What was the training uh, behind this because kudos to you guys for taking that training so quickly and excelling at your job in the days that followed.
1: So when I got there, um, they trained us on the first day how to put on our protective equipment and also how to remove our protective equipment. Because after you finish testing, uh, we get rotated every couple of hours. So another team of nurses or another team of, like, medics, because the National Guard is there, too, helping us. Um, They also test. They take us to, like, a decon room, Mm -hmm. and we have to be very careful with how we remove our protective equipment because we we don't want to... Expose ourselves. So they teach us how to only touch the outer layer of your clothing. Don't touch the inside because the inside is touching your regular clothes. You have to be, like, conscious of everything that you're doing. Um, And then we sanitize our hands like multiple gloves. We sanitize the gloves multiple times. We take off the eye shield a certain way as to not touch the back of the eye shield. We take off the mask a certain way as for the mask to not touch any of our uh, like mucous membranes, which means like the incepts, our mouth, our nose, our eyes, because so, the, the outside of the mask has been exposed to people coughing yeah. and everything. Mm. So it's just we have to stay vigilant in protecting ourselves so that, one, when we go home to the people that we're quarantined with, we're not exposing them to anything. And also we're not exposing each other to anything because, you know, we're, we're around each other as well every day working with each other. And it, it's, it's kind of called like herd immunity. You protect yourself, and if you do a good job protecting yourself, you're also protecting the others others around you, and I think that's what people are lacking in understanding when you find out people are still going out instead of staying quarantined or they're having social distancing parties. Like You're not supposed to be seeing your friends or family at all. You're only supposed to be seeing the, the person or people you live with, and that's like so important because the cases in New York are rising exponentially, and... Also, another uh, issue is that healthcare workers in the hospitals across the state do not have enough protective equipment. Um, They don't have masks. They don't have the gear. Because a lot of regular civilians, this is another thing I've been seeing, have been coming in all masked up, surgical masks, N95. I mean, they have masks by the boatload that they've been buying just to stay quarantined at home or to go to their local Walmart, Walmart to buy something, they wear their mask. And it's like the healthcare workers that are on the front lines of the hospital don't even have the equipment they need to protect themselves. So we've been asking like local uh, local civilians who have purchased masks in in like, you know, the by the boatload. Not if you purchased one mask to go out, but if you've purchased like boxes of masks, if you could donate any of the protective equipment that you purchased to your local hospital, because I mean, states are competing at this point for supply. Yeah. Governor Cuomo was pleading with uh the federal government yesterday so it's just imperative because we don't we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare system and that's what we're doing and they don't even have the equipment that they need to properly take care of everyone's loved ones that are being yeah. exposed or getting sick. I can only imagine what the weight is like how it, the line has to be wrapped around. So in where I've been the line lo- it, it varies like and maybe in the morning There'll be a couple cars. It, it depends on what time you come, but we—I uh, don't think people have waited where I'm at for more than like, I mean, maybe 40 minutes. If you if you yeah. have a couple cars in front of you, it just depends on, like I said, like the amount of people in each car. And sometimes, if there are children, that might take a little longer. Right, and right. we're being uh, safe and efficient. we. we make sure that we're disinfecting our gloves and taking off the gloves we use so that could take time. I mean I, I definitely think people have uh complained about their weight but we also want to make sure we're being safe and not um, infecting anyone even if you're in the same car. So it it's just it depends on the time you come and uh how effective the 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 people on the, the like that are taking you at the check-in how effective they are at getting the information quickly because they're also speaking to them through the window as well and and so that all those little things can take time and i think the biggest reward is people have written notes to us saying like thank you so much we appreciate what you're doing and like that to me makes the world of a difference like that i would do that 10 times over because people are really appreciating us being there yeah. and helping. So those people, to me, th- that response outweighs, like, the negative response where they're like, oh, right. this is taking so long right? because it's like it's a pandemic and we, we're doing the best we can.
0: All right, we're going to let you go. Uh, we know you are probably very, very tired, and you got to keep yourself sharp. So get your rest, stay safe. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, and pass along the thanks to your colleagues as well, okay?
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry my voice is so rough. That's okay. You've been working hard.
0: You're (laughs) entitled to have a raspy voice. If it was me and I had a raspy voice, I would get in trouble. But you're good. You can have a raspy
1: voice. (laughs) You're a sexy nurse.